My guest today co-sponsored a bill to protect children in Arkansas from being sterilized. He sponsored the trigger bill to outlaw abortion in Arkansas should the U.S. Supreme Court overturn Roe v. Wade, which, praise God, they did. And now he's raising concerns about drag queen story hours in public libraries in Arkansas. Senator Jason Rapert is our guest coming up on today's edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 228 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Tuesday, August 30th, 2022. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that will live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Lest we forget, Senator Jason Rapert was primarily responsible for getting a Ten Commandments monument erected on the grounds of the Arkansas State Capitol. I don't want anyone to forget about that. Paul tells us in the book of Romans, that we don't know we're sinners in need of God's forgiveness until we see the law of God. The law is our schoolmaster. And I just want to say one more thing before I bring him on. I have to give Senator Rapert credit for being very patient with me on the campaign trail this past spring. I did not understand his abortion trigger bill. So he took time out of his busy statewide campaign and sat down with me and explained it to me. And now, praise God, the abortion clinics in Arkansas are closed because Jason Rapert fought to get the trigger bill passed. He's a host of Save the Nation, weekdays at 1 p.m. on 101.1 The Answer in Little Rock. It is an honor to welcome my friend Jason Rapert to the Doc Washburn Show. Senator, how are you? I'm doing great, Doc, and I appreciate your kindness and your introduction. And, uh, you know, we we got to be careful. This will be a mutual admiration society. I appreciate your voice, you've been a tremendous voice for conservatism in our state, made a huge difference uh, over the last, gosh, has it been a decade now, Doc, that <laughs> you've been in Arkansas? I'm trying to think. Has I, it been longer than that? I've been, here for, I've been here for eight years. Let's start off with the Central Arkansas Library System. I, I watched your video on your, your, uh, on your uh, Facebook page, but for people who are not aware what is the Central Arkansas Library System doing, and what can concerned citizens do about it? Well, I'm glad that you're you're covering this. As a matter of fact, uh, I was shocked at what I found going on at Central Arkansas Library, and I was even more shocked and disappointed with their response. So I had a complaint that was made uh, from a constituent that said, "Look, did you know?" that these two events are coming up. And so they showed me information that was advertised over the Central Arkansas Library website. 
And when I looked at it, Doc, it had, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase here, it had one event scheduled where they were targeting teams and wanted them to come and learn about their rights under legislation passed in Arkansas. And it said, come learn about this with the staff. So it's talking about the CALS, the Central Arkansas Library staff. Yeah. And I noticed that it didn't have any mention of anybody involved with the state of Arkansas. And then following right up on that, they had an event that occurred yesterday, late yesterday evening, at the Terry Library on Napa Valley Drive in West Little Rock, Arkansas. And that event was pronouns and pins. And it said to come pick your pronouns. And specifically mentions the LGBTQ uh, acronym. And this, all of this came to me a few days ago. So I sent an, an email request to the board of CALS and the director, Nate Coulter, and asked them if they could explain to me, because of this complaint, why they're targeting minors to have this discussion. And I also asked if they got consent forms from parents that were notified that they were targeting minors to come to this meeting or if the if the minors actually attended that they would have consent forms yeah obviously they refused answering any of that uh. and you know this brings us to that problem doc that in the law in our state which i just talked to senator dan sullivan yesterday and we discussed this and that is that there is an exemption for librarians, if they're dispensing material that's considered pornographic, yep. Okay. Yep. Well, that that needs to be that needs to be changed because what's happening is it's very apparent here in my state and in places all over the country that you've got activists that are now holding positions in these places, and they they have made it their business to try to. Uh, become platforms for the LGBTQ agenda rather than just being a source of information out there. And so I, I know that what I'm saying may get a little bit Greek out there to some people, but here's the bottom line. When I, as a state senator, reached out to the director of the Central Arkansas Library System, Mr. Nate Coulter, the response he gave in writing totally ignored my questions and basically, you know, beat his chest about making all of this accessible. And I do know that there were people that went down to the library to pray there yesterday, and I'm told that they only saw two minors that went into that area. And I'm also told that there were six staff there uh, courting these, these young people at this event. And so from where I stand as a taxpayer, Set aside the fact I'm in the public office as a state senator, as a taxpayer, I think the people of Pulaski County and Perry County uh, are interested in the fact that they're using that tax money to basically groom these kids into the LGBTQ agenda. I think it's wrong, and I think it ought to stop. Absolutely. And one of the things that alarmed me from his response in which like you say, he ignored your questions. Oh, we're proud of this. We're proud to promote the LGBTQ agenda. You know, and one of the things a lot of people don't realize, they know what LGB and T stand for. Q doesn't stand for queer. It stands for questioning. 
So we're right. we're talking yeah. about shepherding um, young, very impressionable children into a situation where questions will be asked and the wrong people are answering them and they're answering with the wrong information. There's no question about that. I mean, no wonder so many people on um, on social media, when, when they're up against this kind of stuff, the response is just, okay, groomer. Because that seems to be what's going on here is grooming uh, or an, a, an attempt to, uh, to groom very impressionable children. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. And this, 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 you know, as you know, this situation is out of control around the country. I, I interviewed a gentleman a few days ago, Doc. Up, he was up in the state of Missouri and was speaking at a church. The pastor said, look, I just had my three-year-old son come home from preschool and said, Dad, I'm a girl. Oh, man. <laughs> he, said, what you, he said, what are you talking about? And he said, who told you you're a girl? And he, 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 so they went through the list, right? This is a three-year-old kid. Yeah. So they're like, Grandma, Grandpa, they're going through the list, you know, and he comes up, it's his teacher. And so, Doc, these people have lost their ever-loving mind. And, and let's just set aside the fact that, that you and I are, are men of faith, that we're Christians. And, you know, and for every Christian listening to me out there, it, it says in Matthew chapter 18 that for anybody to make a little kid stumble and yeah. sin, yeah. it'd be better for you to have a millstone wrapped around your neck and you drowned in the ocean or the Arkansas River. Yeah. Because this is serious stuff in the eyes of God. And God is interested in how we behave and how we live our lives. This is why the book, uh, when the book talks about Noah and the flood, he killed everybody. They were so sinful. He said, I'm done with this. Yep. I'm completely starting over. And he literally gave them 120 years to try to turn from their wicked ways. Yeah. That's how long it took Noah to preach and build that ark. And they, That's right. he, he wiped them all out. In Sodom and Gomorrah, he did the same. And here's the thing. Uh, Little Rock, Arkansas is no different. Yeah. Arkansas is no different, and neither is any place in the United States of America. And what's happening is that we have people that are ruining these children's lives. They're robbing them of the opportunity for normalcy and a family and life. And we are sitting by while these, I'm just going to call them, these are thugs that are in these positions of power that are so arrogant that they think they can do whatever they please without any accountability for it whatsoever. And I will tell you what I think that Mr. Coulter makes him so quick to jump up and, and beat his chest and say he's proud, which, by the way, pride, as you know, in the Bible is a sin if it's yeah. the wrong type of pride. Yeah. Well, he's beating his chest because if you read that response, Doc, you noticed he was really he really wanted to brag on two or three people and entities that were funding them. Yeah. Well, these happen to be the some of the same entities that have uh, gotten the attention of Governor Asa Hutchinson. Yep. And turned him into a, 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 a basically an advocate of the woke left as it relates to uh, sexuality and transgenderism. Yep. He's the guy that vetoed our bill to stop them from mutilating little children in Arkansas and cutting their penises off if, if they, uh, you know, had a woke parent that was trying to turn a little boy into a little girl or a little girl into a little boy. And so this is a huge fight, and, and I am done with the pandering. 
that people have done on this. I'm done with the lies and the deceit that's related to this. And I just decided on this, like many other issues, it's time to say, no, we're not going to stand for that. And so I'm very hopeful that people that listen to you and that people that are active in our state will come around Folks like Senator Sullivan, you know, I'm finishing my term at the end of this year. It'll be yeah. 12 years I served in the Senate. And I wanted to come around those folks and support them because this kind of stuff needs to stop. If somebody wants to rent a room at the library, like the Republican Party or the Democrat Party or anybody wants to rent a room, have a private meeting, that's their business, okay? It's accessible to do that. But when they're using resources of the Central Arkansas Library that are taxpayer sources to promote this stuff, that is wrong. It should stop. It is wrong. It should stop. And one of those organizations is the Walton Family Foundation. These are the heirs of Sam Walton who would be spinning in his grave if he had any idea what they're doing. And they they are um, putting a lot of money into this LGBTQ agenda um they're one of three entities that sued the state of arkansas to try to keep uh the law from being enforced to protect children from this uh mutilation the puberty blockers the surgery or whatever now andrew demillo over the associated press the other day when he had the story that the uh eighth circuit ruled against the state of arkansas on on the bill going, the uh, law going into effect. He said, "Well, transgender surgeries don't happen in the state of Arkansas." Now he didn't back that up with anything. We're just supposed to take his word for it. We're just supposed to believe that. I don't know if the surgeries are happening in Arkansas or not, but what I do know is when the bill was being deliberated in committee, Senator Bart Hester was asking one of these MDs who was against the bill. Uh, pediatrician Natalie Burr from Little Rock Pediatrics is four years old, too young to have decided, well, they assigned me the wrong gender at birth. And her response was, it's not too young to start the counseling process. So we're supposed to believe that for 14 years they're just going to counsel and not do anything with this child? I mean, it's 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 outrageous. It's outrageous, and I, I hope well, they're, that they're our trying to play God. Yeah, they are, and I hope that our attorney general will appeal the Eighth Eighth Circuit's ruling. I I haven't, I don't know. I haven't seen it in the news. Maybe I missed it. Maybe she's already announced she will. I don't know. Well, I'm very hopeful. That she, I have not heard if that decision has been made, but I can tell you that there are a lot of people that are watching the state of Arkansas on this issue because it was the first state. Yeah. Uh, Representative Robin Lundstrom sponsor, was the lead sponsor on that bill. Yeah. And she she stood up on it, and we backed her. We even had to override ASA's veto. And, you know, ASA has made vetoes that were not overridden. And so this is the showing you the will of the Arkansas legislature. But, but Doc, the country right now, we're in such danger. We, we're in danger that I think has not been here. You'd have to go back to the Civil War, in my opinion, yeah. to see the danger that is present in the country. And I would even argue to you that we even have more division in the country than they had over the issue that sparked the Civil War. 
we have got truly a division in our country that is coming down between people that literally are embracing and promoting evil in many arenas and then those that are saying, no, we should stand for goodness. You've got people that have that are out here championing the idea to kill babies right up to birth. This happens in the state of New Mexico. It happens in the state of California. happens in the state of New York. And then in California, they have a proposition on the ballot right now where they would even allow a baby to be killed up to 30 days after birth. Yep, absolutely. And so th- th- all of these issues lay into the same thing. The root is sin. The yep. root is evil. Yeah. And I believe that, that uh, this LGBTQ agenda is just another phase of what I would say is the moral decline in the country. And history has shown that societies that begin to uplift and embrace this, it's not long till they cease to exist. And and I'm, I'm concerned about the future of the country if we don't have an awakening in this nation that needs to be undergirded by a spiritual renewal and a revival. And this is why that I have have given a lot of my time and effort in the last two years to building the National Association of Christian Lawmakers. We now have, I will say, you and I talked throughout the campaign season, Doc. We now have members and supporters in all 50 states, my friend. And we've got 29 states with actual uh, state chairs that are elected officials. God is breathing into that, and it gives me hope that there's an ability to turn this country around. Amen. Now, as you mentioned earlier, unfortunately, you were term limited from running again to stay in the Arkansas State Legislature. You have started this organization a few years ago, the National Association of Christian uh, Lawmakers or Legislators. Lawmakers, yeah. Uh, So what are your plans once you leave office in January? Is it to be able to put more time into that organization? What, What are you planning on doing? Well, I've already been given the charge from our leadership voices at the NACL. They want, they, you know, they were saying, hey, because, and actually, to correct you, I was not term limited. I made a choice not to run again. Oh, okay. And I still got four years. I could come back. They better watch out. I might just do it. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I, I misunderstood. Yeah. I, okay. No, I, as you know, I actually decided I, I was ready for a change. And so we ran for lieutenant governor here in Arkansas and was leading that pack. And then, of course, the AG dropped out of the governor's race, and that totally changed the the, the dynamics in my race. So I was second out of six candidates. Yeah, Very happy and grateful for people's support. Uh, and I've had a lot of people asking me what I'm going to do. I've had people tell me they want me to run for the GOP state chairman here in Arkansas. I've had people tell me they want an exploratory committee for the U.S. Senate. So there's a lot of people got a lot of ideas. I want to be right where God wants me to be. Yeah. But I can tell you that part of that, no matter what the political future holds for public office, uh, the NACL leadership said, Jason, look, You've you've been working hard. We're two years into the NACL. You've now got members in all 50 states. Uh, we're the only faith-based paralegislative organization in the country, and it's the first such national association of Christian lawmakers in the history of the nation. And said, so we want you to lean into this thing and get it up where it needs to be for the long haul. And so I am leaning in full-time into my role here at this point. Uh, I am a, uh, as you know, an entrepreneur, so I've got a lot of irons in the fire doing all sorts of things, but I made a decision in 2010 that I'm going to dedicate my life to doing all I can to spread the gospel around this world 
and to also fight to save our country. And so, as you know, we, we put together the platform to save the nation. You've been a guest there. We're still doing that. That's broadcasting every day. We just had our third national conference, the NACL, and we're about to have our fourth. Uh, we're going to have an annual meeting in November in Dallas, Texas, back-to-back with wall builders, with David Barton and Tim Barton. And so God is using the entity, and I'm going to continue to work there. And for anybody that wants to know more, they can go to ChristianLawmakers.com and become a member uh, and start working with us to save this great country. Now, speaking of which, I mentioned uh, in the introduction that you are on 101.1 FM, The Answer, in Little Rock from 1 to 2 p.m. Uh, weekdays. Um, most right. of the people who download our podcast are outside Arkansas. What would be the best way for them to listen? The best way for them to do it, there's two different ways. One is they can simply go to my Facebook, which is Jason Raper, Save the Nation. Uh, we've got about 88,000 followers. And by the way, that's a story, Doc. You know, I do this programming every day, but I did a little 15-minute video the other night on President Trump and that crazy unlawful raid. And, man, we've added 32,000 new followers since August the 8th. God has really wow. breathed into that. And so they can come to Jason Rapert, Save the Nation. That's on Facebook. And you can actually go look at the videos, and you can watch the reruns and everything of that programming. The other thing that's pretty neat is that we're on Gospel Truth TV. If you go to Gospel Truth TV, that's a internet satellite network television you know, platform that Andrew Walmack put together. You got Bible teachers and programming 24-7. We're on at one third. I think it's, uh, what do they say? I think it's like one thirty Mountain Time or something like that. But you go out to their website and you'll find our information there. But the easy way for people that listen to your podcast would just go to the Facebook and pick it up there. Right, right, right. We're speaking with State Senator Jason Rapert. There are folks who were really offended that the state of Arkansas put a Ten Commandments statue up at the state capitol. Some of them even sued you. What What is going on with that? You've been in the news recently. Well, uh, that's and I appreciate you. I heard your comments, and I thank you for that. Um, I actually find that as one of my favorite moments over the last 12 years is when the legislature, and by the way, Asa Hutchinson did sign that bill uh, allowing us to erect the Ten Commandments on the state capitol grounds. Here's where we stand. What you saw in the news recently, I've been sued by the American atheists in federal court. They sued me in my official capacity, and they sued me in my personal capacity. Now, I will tell you that behind the scenes, and I've even maintained throughout this process, this has been nothing but a frivolous lawsuit meant to try to break me personally and get me to stop being an advocate in the public square for God and country. That's what it's about. And so they've sued me five years ago, and they went literally got a guy who came to Arkansas in 2018 from Washington State, and he started soliciting people to join him in suing me as an individual claiming that I was uh, uh, guilty of viewpoint discrimination, saying that I blocked people on social media because of their worldview, which is totally and utterly false. What I have blocked people from is that, as you know, I've had many threats over the years. And when I catch people threatening other people or cussing people or just behaving badly and uncivilly here 
on my own personal pages, by yeah. the way, that yeah. I had before I was ever elected, then you're you, you're getting ejected. It's that's my virtual living room. Okay? Right, right. This would this would be like somebody demanding that they get 15 minutes every day of of the Doc Washburn podcast that they get to come on and say whatever they want to, even if it's wrong and false, and you've got to let them do it. No, 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 that's your podcast. This That's your living room. And so they literally cook this thing up. Now, the reason I'm telling you this, Doc, is what you don't see in the paper is the fact that the original guy that was going to do this, his name is Stefan Ferry, he actually ended, ended up going too far, and he got himself arrested for filing a false police report against me and got sentenced to jail. Wow. And he was working in cahoots with none other than the crazy Democrat activist Matt Campbell, who unfortunately is carrying around a law license in Arkansas, and he filed the original suit against me. But what happened is when Stefan Ferry got arrested and ended up going to court, Mr. Matt Campbell went silent and dug underground. We didn't hear from him for months. And, you know, he always loved to, to talk smack about me and other conservatives. Yeah. And what happened is he got scared. He's getting ready to go get in trouble and go to jail, too. <laughs> wow. So he, he ended up fumbling the original atheist lawsuit, and they then refiled it, and that's what you've been seeing in the papers. And they went out and found Democrat activists that had been against me during campaigns, and they were literally solicited to be these proxy plaintiffs in this. Well, what happened recently is they came to my lawyers and said, Jason, the atheists are ready to settle this thing. They, I think, and, they, and I was told they think they know that they're not going to ultimately win this deal. They just need to get out of this deal, blah, 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 blah. Right. And so they, unfortunately, in my case, guess what? They've got an Obama-appointed federal judge who would not stop their foolishness all this time. Yeah, and so they have they have they have literally tried to do to me what you see being done to Donald Trump. Yeah, they were they were demanding access to information personally about me and all that I'm doing, and wanted me to produce thousands of printed documents about where I'd ever written the word God or ever written the word atheist or ever written anything that said he, that all these crazy things. I'm a preacher. I'm an ordained minister. Right. I haven't got time to personally sit down and disgorge 12 years of my life for these idiots that are suing me over something that, that is, that is totally erroneous. It's Facebook for goodness sake. Okay. I don't even have to have Facebook. <laughs> and what happened is, you get a judge that just lets them keep beating you and doing that, what are you going to do? And so I, I've told them from the beginning, I never felt like I was getting treated fairly. Right. And so they said, look, this is an opportunity to just settle this. And I said, well, I'm not paying the people a dime personally, I guarantee you. So they had sued me in the official capacity and in the individual capacity. And so there was an agreement that said, hey, if your people will behave right, We'll settle this thing. But if they get out of line, I'm going to block them again, and I'm going to tell you why I'm blocking them. <laughs> so it is really foolishness, truly foolishness. And the state of Arkansas, if we, if we allowed them to continue, Doc, you know what was going to happen. We would spend tens of thousands of dollars defending ourselves against this frivolous junk, 
or we just say, well, we'll, we'll agree to paying a few of your out-of-pocket expenses and everybody go away. And, yeah. and, and it basically was what, what is called a nuisance decision. You know, you can, you can st- still st- stand here with them and let the federal courts drag you through the mud over and over and over, spending thousands and thousands of dollars. Or you can say, well, we're not going to agree to anything. I didn't violate your rights. I didn't violate the First Amendment, et cetera. We're done. And guess, guess what happened immediately, Doc? They immediately violated their own settlement agreement and went out there and said they won and I violated First Amendment rights. So when you're dealing with liars like the atheists, they, they never stop. Yeah. They just never stop. Yeah, I mean, so you I, I know I took up a lot of time, but the Ten Commandments is a separate case. And that includes the Freedom From Religion Foundation, the American Atheist, the American Humanist, the ACLU, and the Satanic Temple all wrapped up into one ungodly knot. And that's still live. Gotcha. Well, I, I just, I, I understand what you're saying is a separate case, but I think that, you know, one thing probably led to the other in that, uh, you know, the, they yeah. they took offense. It's like the old football analogy. They, they tend to try to tackle the guy with the ball. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, the the Ten Commandments case was the first case, and and uh, you know here's the deal on the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are engraved in the doors of the United States Supreme Court chamber. Yep. The Ten Commandments sit at the state capitol in the state of Texas, and the U.S. Supreme Court has already ruled those are perfectly legitimate to have standing there. That was decided in 2005, the Van Orden versus Perry case. Right. You go to Colorado. The Ten Commandments are sitting off the front of the Colorado State Capitol. You go to Phoenix, Arizona. The Ten Commandments are out there in a monument park in Arizona. They're out in front of Jefferson City in Missouri. All this is is the Satanic Temple running around trying to stir up stuff. And by the way, they're getting sued by people on the backside. These people are nothing but a bunch of charlatans. And they are out here. They're suing over abortion. They're doing everything they can. They're just another front for the left. The left is the same people. They just change T-shirts. The same people that want to take your guns want to support abortion. The same people support abortion want gay marriage. The same people that want gay marriage are all for the transgender stuff. It's just an absolute not of ungodly organizations and people that constantly do everything they can to tear down the fabric of our country. And that's, that's what I believe. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I think it took a lot of courage for you and almost every other Republican in the state legislature to override Governor Hutchinson's veto of the bill designed to protect children uh, from this uh, mutilation from these puberty blockers, from all that kind of stuff, because it's just a very unusual predicament that you and your fellow Republican lawmakers in the state legislature found yourself in, in which for the first time many of you were publicly critical of the governor. But that just shows how serious that issue was. Let, let me give you an inside, if you will, uh, and you tell me when you need to stop, my friend. But a little inside here on, on that with the governor. I was so excited to have a Republican governor with a Republican majority for the first time in 140 years. Yeah. So excited. We were so – all of us were worked very hard. I knew there was trouble 
when we were dealing with the Religious Freedom Restoration Act in 2015. At that point, at that point, we had a situation where we had fought and got that passed, and Governor Hutchinson turned around and said, nope, send it back. We've got to have an amendment. If you remember, guess who that was? Walmart. Yep. Those organizations. Yep. That was the same group that's that's there on this, this gender mutilation issue. And I remember going in, to, I was invited to go sit down with the governor. Went and sat down with him in his office. As I recall, there were two aides that were sitting in the office witnessing this conversation. As we go through the conversation, and, and I told the governor, I said, what am I going to do? We've got pastors calling me wanting to know what happened to you. Right. You're conser- you're, you said you're conservative. Right. And you said that you stood with them on these issues. And then we passed this bill. And then you, you, you it's, it's like the general said, congratulations, soldiers. I know you fought and you won the battle, but I need you to go back again and do it over. Yeah. And, and it's like, what, what, what are you doing? And, and I, we got to this point, and I'll never forget. We did not, we had not yet had the gay marriage uh, decision from the Supreme Court in that 2015, that same year. Yeah. And the governor asked me, he said, Jason, what would you do if the Supreme Court were to overturn marriage? Yeah. And say the gay marriage was legal. I said, you know, I'd tell them just like Andrew Jackson said, it's your decision. You go enforce it because I'm not. Right. And I said, yeah, I said, you know what you need to tell Walmart? You go tell Walmart when they stop doing business in countries that cuts the heads off of homosexuals, then they've got an opportunity to talk to me about morality. There you go. And the fact is, is that at the end of the day, if you want to talk about the core of Walmart, talk China, brother, because China, if you took all the Chinese products out of Walmart, it'd be bare in there. And and that is that that is the root of this thing is that they they've allowed themselves to get so snookered. Remember, Walmart just a few months ago had satanic products on their website for sale. Wow, wow! I had people that came to me and told me this and showed me printouts, and I got a hold of their government affairs people, and I said, "What in the world are you doing?" And now I will tell you, they came back to me. Now, this is now probably even two years. I said months. It may be two years ago. They, for a season, took them down. But there's some of it's back again. You just go out to Walmart.com and you push in satanic or witchcraft, you're going to start popping all kinds of stuff up on that website. And as you mentioned, they are deep into China, which, you know, is the country of the the mandatory one child and then you have abortion. I don't know if they're still doing it, but they were doing it until recently and and just treating people awfully. You know, you you disagree with the government over there, you disappear. You disappear and they take your organs. And and, and so what's happening is that there is a lot of – of these, this virtue signaling from them, yeah. which is really covering up a lot of their own problems. Remember, this is the same company, and, and this is good old Tom Mars, that attorney that likes to talk smack about everybody around the state, who, who ended up, he was part of the whole deal when Walmart got in trouble for bribing people in other countries, you remember. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, this is stuff that's been written about. I'm not the one making the statements. I'm just telling you this is stuff that's been out there in the news. Uh, I don't have anything personal against any of them, but I want them all to fly right and, and be honest 
And the fact is, is that you've got people in seats of power in Walmart that have decided to use those resources of shareholders to try to force their woke agenda on the country. And it's just as offensive to shareholders as it is to taxpayers. Amen. You see, Walmart was built on the backs of the dollars spent by good, decent, hardworking American people in rural America. Yep. And most of all of us don't give one flip about the next drag queen show they're having somewhere. And we don't want our kids out there in front of them. And, and, and all of it's wrapped up into a very horrible situation. Now, you know, Thursday night, we're all waiting with bait, you know, with, with great expectation that Joe Biden, the preacher, is going to get up and talk about the battle for the soul of the nation. Oh, boy. Uh, on, and, you know, we're going to have a, a live broadcast from the heart of America in Philadelphia, the birthplace of the country. And I'm telling you, this is like the devil getting up and telling you how to be safe. Yep. And I, I am so sick of it, Doc. I, and this is why I'm begging people, stop being silent. Stop sitting by, get up, fight back, speak out, and do something because they are ruining this country and they are ruining this nation. And if we do not stand up now, you're not going to have an American country with 50 states in the next 50 years. Yeah. Uh, sadly, I believe you're right. Uh, State Senator Jason Rapert, again, it's Save the Nation. Jason Rapert Save the Nation on Facebook for uh, folks outside of central Arkansas, in central Arkansas, of course, weekdays at 1 p.m. on 101.1, The Answer in Little Rock. On a uh, more positive, lighter note, you mentioned Thursday night. My guess is you'll probably be uh, rooting for the central Arkansas Bears over Missouri State uh, in their first game Thursday evening. Well, I'm always going to be for the home folks. You know that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I will tell you, I haven't even looked. I've got so much on my agenda. Is that going to be a home game, or are they playing away? You know what? I don't know. I just I just looked up their uh, their schedule here. Let me let me click on it. Uh, no, that's going to be a home game. Home game, seven o'clock Thursday yeah. night. I was surprised because I thought there wouldn't be any college football until Saturday, but uh, but yeah, the Bears playing the Bears Thursday night at Central Arkansas. Yeah, well, as you know, UCA has had a really great football program, and uh, there's there's not a better place in America than to live in Faulkner County, Arkansas. It's a great place. Conway's growing. I love my community. It's been, been great to serve them in the Senate over 12 years, and so we're hoping for a victory for the UCA Bears. And, Doc, thanks for having me on, and I look forward to having you on vice versa here in the future. Let's keep connected. Let's keep working because it's obvious to me that until people start yielding to voices of truth, nothing's going to change. Amen. Amen. And thank you for all you do, Senator Rapert. As always, it is an honor uh, to speak with you, and we wish you God bless you and Godspeed. Thank you, man. Thank we'll you. Have you a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you. There you have it. There you have it. He had a lot to say. He had a lot to say. Now, Again, how are we able to do this five times a week? Because we have some advertisers, and our advertisers are our friends. We appreciate them blessing us with the opportunity to come to you with the Doc Washburn Show five times a week. If you try to buy a car recently... 
realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, redriveryourway.com. You will be glad you did. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else, Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? Call my friend, Jonathan Presswood, today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501 503-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Thank you once again to our friends, our advertisers, Jonathan Presswood at Edwin at Edward Jones Financial Advisors and also Mitch Ward over at RedRiverYourWay.com. We appreciate you guys for making uh, it possible for us to do what we do here five days a week. All right, now, there is um, there's a story of an FBI agent being escorted from the building, Washington, D.C., 
last Friday. Top agent exits FBI amid charge of political bias undermining Hunter Biden probe, sources say. Washington Times. Oh, subscriber-only article, but uh, John Solomon has it over at justthenews.com. Timothy Tebow. Not to be confused with the uh, football player, T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T. Assistant special agent in charge, forced to leave his post, escorted from the building, abruptly resigned after coming under congressional scrutiny for suspected political bias and handling the investigation of Hunter Biden's laptop. But, you know, I wouldn't get too worked up about this. Because I'm old enough to remember when Peter Strzok was escorted from the building. Has he been indicted? Nah. Nah. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. So, you know, great. They fired him. Apparently. Will anything come of it? Why would I expect that? Now, Tom Fitton over Judicial Watch, a great American, out there on Twitter saying there needs to be a criminal investigation into what the FBI was up to just before the 2020 election, suppressing evidence and censoring Americans to help Joe Biden. And he links to a guest shot he did yesterday afternoon on the Fox Business Network, including, of course, what Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook admitted to Joe Rogan, and went something like this. I've got a few seconds, and I want to squeeze in this Mark Zuckerberg thing with Joe Rogan because it's a bombshell. It looks like uh, admitting that Facebook did suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story. Uh, just so for folks who don't know, I'm going to uh, share a snippet of it with uh, um, his conversation with Joe Rogan. The FBI, yep. I think, basically came to us, uh, some, some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being um, being determined whether it was false. Um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I, no. Tom, a quick reaction from you, please. Well, he later said that he, uh, when the laptop information came out, he put two and two together, and they suppressed that information. Uh, this is the same FBI that raided oh. Trump's home, and just before the election, they're taking clear steps to suppress information uh, that would hurt Joe Biden uh, in his electoral change, uh, uh, chances. And we also know separately from the whistleblowers that internally they are obstructing the investigation. Uh, there needs to be a criminal investigation of what the FBI was up to just before the election with not only the censorship push, well, but its suppression of evidence for political purposes. Yeah, those drums are beating louder and louder, so it might actually end up happening. Thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate it. All right, that was Charles Payne over the uh, Fox Business Network with Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch. He says, look, there should be a criminal investigation into what the FBI was up to just before the 2020 election, suppressing evidence, censoring Americans to help Joe Biden. Yeah. 
Yeah, there should be. But, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not holding out a lot of hope on that. Um, okay, New York Post, Miranda Devine has an exclusive. Republican senators demanding Facebook hand over FBI communications on Hunter Biden. I mean, great, but I'm, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're doing the right thing, but where will it lead? Where will it lead? Republican Senators Ron Johnson, Wisconsin, and Charles Grassley, Iowa, have demanded Facebook hand over all communications with the FBI, the Justice Department, and other government bureaucrats relating to first son Hunter Biden, his laptop, his business dealings, and Russian disinformation. A new letter to Facebook boss Mark Zuckerberg Monday, Senator Johnson ranking member of the Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations, and Senator Grassley, ranking member of the Senate Judiciary Committee, also asked for the names of all FBI and DOJ officials who warned Facebook that an impending document dump before the 2020 election would be Russian disinformation, leading the social media giant mistakenly to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story from the New York Post. The senators wrote, the American people deserve to know whether the FBI used Facebook as part of their alleged plan to discredit information about Hunter Biden. If so, Congress and the American people require clarity with respect to the extent the FBI communicated with Facebook during the 2020 election about Hunter Biden-related information. Zuckerberg, remember, we had the story the other day, told podcaster Joe Rogan last week that in the weeks before the 2020 election, the FBI came to Facebook specifically to warn the company there was about to be a Russian propaganda effort with a document dump which fit the pattern of the New York Post October 14, 2020 story on Hunter Biden's laptop. So, good on Senator Johnson and Senator Grassley for saying, hey, we need some answers on this. You know? We need some answers on this. Look, I will continue to the extent that I am able to highlight and to push forward voices that are standing up for the truth, that are standing up for America. Jack Posobiec. Jack Posobiec, senior editor, humanevents.com. He's got something to say about how big tech has treated Former President Trump, here it is. They're leaking like a sieve. And more so to that, folks, it's exactly what we said it was, and it might even be worse. We are in the midst of a coup, a preemptive coup, which is underway between Washington, D.C., Mar-a-Lago, and every single state in this nation. 
They banned a sitting president from social media, impeached him two times, jailed his supporters, and now they've raided his home. Then they go on TV and they call us, they call you a fascist. That's what they're doing, but they call you the fascist. And now the New York Times editorial board has come out saying they're giving air cover to the preemptive coup, saying, go right ahead. You have to indict him for the good of the nation, for America to survive, for national security to exist. We must indict this man. We must indict President Trump. The only way to stop fascism and defend democracy is to indict President Donald J. Trump, to indict his supporters, to jail them, to criminalize them, and to make them otherwise unacceptable in polite society. You get it, right? You see what's happening. Every day, there's another cancellation. Every day, someone else gets banned. Lives of TikTok just got locked out on Twitter again. Understand what part of the movie you're in. It's simple. Now, President Trump, for his part, by the way, has called on FBI whistleblowers to step forward. I think it's important. And Darren Beatty had a point about this as well. Set up a fund to protect the whistleblowers. Because if they do come forward, we know there are these 14 in the House and the Senate right now, Grassley and Jim Jordan are working with them, Matt Gates, the congressman, the senator. These people need to be taken care of. Go look at Peter Strzok out there. Frank Figaluzzi. These FBI flunkies that are out there chewing up the Internet, arguing that Russia wasn't a hoax. In fact, the Russia gate was completely real. Do you get it? They don't care about the truth anymore. They don't care about the law anymore. So what we need is a fund that will take care of these whistleblowers when they come forward to protect them from legal protections. And that also probably just to make sure their basic living expenses are paid for because they are going to be fired. They're going to lose their jobs. They're going to be prosecuted. I just don't want you to ever be able to say, um, why didn't you warn us, Doc? Why didn't you tell us? So I try to I try to get these voices out. I try to let you know what's going on. Again, I uh, I hate that say it, but um, and and not because he's not a good guy, because he is a good guy. Sean Davis over the Federalist is a good guy. I hate to have to agree with him when you know he said recently. They're going to get a D.C. grand jury to indict Trump. They'll get a, a different jury. Again, Washington, D.C. voted 90, 94%, 95% for Biden. They'll get a different jury to find him guilty of whatever because they don't need evidence. They just want to get Trump. And D.C. Circuit Court will uphold it. It will be up to the U.S. Supreme Court to try to overrule it, and, of course, they will be violently attacked by radical Democrat activists. I hate to think that that's where our country is going, but uh, that's sure what it looks like to me. That is sure what it looks like to me. All right, um, you know, it's bad enough that the Biden regime 
seems to be totally sold out to communist China. Uh, totally sold out to the globalist agenda of the World Economic Forum. But what are what else are they totally sold out to? I'll tell you that in just a moment. Once again, we're thankful to our advertisers, our friends, who make it possible for us to do the Doc Washburn Show five times a week. Hey, I'd like to help you with some health issues. Do you have migraines? Neck pain? Back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes... You probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best-kept secret in American health care. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system, and yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. If you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. Thank you once again to Drs. J.R. Crabtree and his wife, Dr. Tanya Crabtree, Arkansas Upper Cervical Center. They are our advertisers who make it possible for us to do the Doc Washburn Show five times a week. Uh, they are... My doctors, and they're certainly my friends. All right, time to say, let's hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online, have it delivered to your front door, Anywhere in the continental United States. All right, today's tweet, tweet of the day is brought to you by Pastor Jacob Coyne out there on Twitter saying, Jesus fed the 5,000, but only 500 followed him after lunch. He had 12 disciples, but only three prayed with him in the garden before his arrest. Then only one stood with him at the cross. The closer you get to the cross, the smaller the crowd becomes. Wow. That is uh, thought-provoking, to say the least. thought I would share that with you. If you're on Twitter, um, you could do a lot worse than following Pastor Jacob Coyne. All right. Uh, before the break... I said it's bad enough the Biden regime is sold out 
to China. It's bad enough the Biden regime is sold out to the globalist agenda of the World Economic Forum, but who else, who else are they sold out to? Well, now, let, let, let's think about this. We have a story out of the New York Post. Kabul airport bomber was known for days before explosion that killed 13 Americans, according to an ex-Marine. My friend Robert Spencer over at Jihad Watch links to the story, and he says, and so 13 Americans were killed, and no investigation has been held. No one was held responsible because they're all one big club in Washington, and they look out for one another. Here's what the New York Post says. A Marine wounded in last year's suicide bombing at Kabul's Hamid Karzai International Airport claims the bomber was spotted near the airport days before the explosion that killed 13 American service members. Tristan Hirsch of Chico, California, told his hometown newspaper, the Enterprise Record, we knew about him two days before the attack. Referring to the August 26, 2021 bombing that also left at least 170 Afghans dead. He added about getting the heads up to look out for the suspicious man. We knew what he looked like. The CIA let us know. Now, Hearst said his fellow Marines recognized a man fitting the CIA description approached the airport's Abbey Gate where thousands were trying to enter in order to flee the country as their government fell. I saw him on multiple occasions prior to the attack. Hirsch, who no longer serves in the Marines, said the day prior and the day during he would show up and leave. He clarified that he did not see the bomber personally. The New York Post could not independently confirm Hirsch's account, and many civilians approached the Abbey Gate multiple times in their efforts to escape the country ahead of the expected brutality of Taliban rule, but at least one Marine was confident enough he had identified the suspected bomber that he radioed for permission to kill him. Hirsch told the newspaper, a friend of mine who was a sniper racked back his rifle and was ready to kill the guy. We asked for permission. The reply was, "Uh, let me get a military judge to see if it's legal. Hirsch also repeated the claim, echoed by others in the immediate aftermath of the attack, that there was a second bomber in the crowd who failed to detonate. So it's like I say, who uh, who else? Who else is the Biden regime subservient to? Not just the Chinese. Not just the globalist agenda of the World Economic Forum. Here's another one. New York Post article. U.S. colonel blocked busloads of Americans and allies 
from trying to escape Afghanistan. Again, my friend Robert Spencer at Jihad Watch links to it, saying, who was this guy? Why did he do this? On whose orders? Which people did Biden's handlers want on the planes in preference to Americans and U.S. allies? And why is there no investigation? Again, New York Post says, a U.S. Army colonel turned away busloads of Americans, allies and orphans trying to flee Afghanistan during the chaotic evacuation of war-torn country last August, according to a new documentary. The unidentified colonel was accused of murdering the passengers by witnesses who said he blocked passengers of five buses from getting on planes It could have flown them out of Kabul. Members of a high-level special operations volunteer team made the shocking claim in the new documentary entitled Send Me. The refugees all had verified documents and had been searched by Marines when they arrived at the airport's secret U.S. military-controlled Black Gate on August 25, 2021, around 3 o'clock in the morning, according to team members, they were met by an, by an unidentified official from the 82nd Airborne Division who would not let the buses through. A member of the team whose identity was concealed by the documentary's producer said, There was a colonel who came out and wanted to show that essentially he was the one that could decide whether or not somebody could get on a plane or not. MMA fighter turned soldier Tim Kennedy said the colonel made the call to put everybody back out. According to Kennedy, he said, I don't care who they are, they get back on those buses and those buses go back into Kabul. Even after the team explained Their bags had been screened and were already in the airport. Crowds gather outside Kabul airport in Afghanistan play video. The colonel could not be pleaded with and would not even make an exception for people with U.S. passports because he didn't know, quote, if that's fake or not, unquote, the anonymous team member recalled. He then ordered the refugees back onto the buses and off the base at gunpoint where they would pass through a vengeful Taliban security force. Former Marine Chad Robichaux said this decision to turn this bus around essentially just killed, just murdered those people. And by the way, some of these people are children, some of these people are women, and some of these people are Americans that we just sent back to the Taliban. Now, is anybody in Washington talking about this? New York Post article dated August 28th. Is anyone in Washington calling for investigations to know why this colonel sent American citizens to certain death? Let's see. 
Let me check uh, Senator Tom Cotton's Twitter profile. Nope, don't see anything. Let's check his uh, personal Twitter profile. Okay, he's got a link to um, Fox News article, Border Patrol Chief Says Border Crisis, a result of Biden's no consequences policy. Yeah, okay, well, that's good. Um, He's got a tweet saying, Biden's Afghanistan fiasco wasn't just a tragedy for those we lost, their families and those we left behind. It was strategic disaster of the first order. True. True. I'm just looking to see if there's you know, a call for a specific investigation into who this colonel was that was responsible for Americans getting killed. Um, something about student debt transfer, something about uh, gender transition surgeries. Important issues. Important issues. Just looking to see if there's anything called. No, okay. So no call for investigation of the colonel, the Marine colonel that got people killed, Americans killed by ordering them back into Kabul under control of the uh, Taliban. Let's check and see about um, Senator John Bozeman. The other center from Arkansas. And, you know, you can check to see if your um, your own members of Congress, whatever state you live in, did. Uh, let's see. Senator Bozen discusses future of cryptocurrency, um, highlighting constituent services in Arkansas, uh, congressional youth cabinet, Applications open for high school folks. Assisting more Arkansans as federal services pick up pace. Um, nope, nothing. Uh, nothing from Senator Bozeman's Twitter profile. Let's see. Must walk by faith, not by sight. This is on his personal profile. Okay, that's good. But nothing about uh, this uh, this Marine colonel needs to be investigated for sending Americans back to certain death under the uh, Taliban in Kabul when they're trying to get out. I uh, see. Uh, U.S. Representative French Hill represents uh, Central Arkansas. Talking about the economic crisis in Central Arkansas, that's important. Uh, proud to join his colleagues in Congress writing a letter to Speaker Pelosi where they expressed their concern regarding the legality of President Biden's actions as well as urging the Speaker to commit to her July 2021 statement um, about the debt forgiveness. That's an important issue. Uh, another tweet about the uh, there's no forgiveness of student loan debt. That's right. It's, it's not forgiven. It's just transferred to somebody else. Um, back in August 26, remembering our fallen heroes, the 13 that were killed needlessly in Afghanistan, that's good. But um, let's see, border, border crisis, that's good. But nothing specifically calling for investigation as colonel 
that sent Americans back to certain death under the uh, Taliban. Now, one of the things I do know is that members of Congress, uh, a lot of times, are in a bubble and they don't hear about things. And so maybe that's the case. Maybe Tom Cotton, John Bowes in the Senate, and uh, French Hill in the in the U.S. House really haven't heard about this issue yet. If you are constituents of theirs, you could certainly make them aware. By the way, jihadwatch.org has a lot of uh, articles I would recommend to you. Biden's open door to jihad terrorists is one of them Um, because that's what it is. That's what it is. Now, I want to share with you an article over in American Greatness entitled One Giant Problem with the FBI's Mar-a-Lago Raid. Subtitle, the FBI would do well to remember that it has no constitutional authority except what it borrows from the elected president. So this is at amgreatness.com, Adam Mill. It dropped yesterday, and he says, In May 2017, a Washington Post headline blared, Trump revealed highly classified information to Russian foreign minister and ambassador. Vox, it's a V as in victory, O-X. Vox added, it's the kind of offense that when committed by anyone but the president can lead to a prosecution under the Espionage Act and a significant sentence. Vox went on to quote, Elliot Cohen, former senior State Department official, as saying it's deliberate, it would be treason. Now, the leak or disclosure, whatever you want to call it, involved warning the Russians of a potential terrorism plot to attack Russian targets. It's the kind of warning countries give each other as a courtesy and reciprocity to address mutual security interests in thwarting terrorism. Indeed, back in 2011, the Russians gave the FBI its own sensitive intelligence warning of the plot to bomb the Boston Marathon. Unfortunately, because the FBI no longer functions as a law enforcement agency, it took no effective steps to disrupt the terrorists. And if I may, if I may, since the author brings this up, I will take you back to a congressional hearing held after the Boston bombing in which U.S. Representative from Texas, Louis Gohmert, was questioning then-FBI Director Robert Mueller, saying the Russians warned us about the Sharnev brothers who did the Boston bombing. Did you direct the Boston office of the FBI to do surveillance on the mosque they attended in the Boston area? And Director Mueller took great umbrage. He was offended at the very thought of doing surveillance of a mosque. He said, we did outreach with the mosque. Well, see, the problem with this is for five days, the images of the bombers were spread all over New England. Please, if you know who these people are, let us know. We need to apprehend them for doing the bombing. 
that killed three people and wounded scores of people. And for five days, everybody in that mosque in Boston kept their mouth shut until they were apprehended. Actually, there's a gunfight with one of them, and the other one, his brother, ran over him, ran over his own brother in an SUV to try to get away. So the one was killed, the other was apprehended. And then people from the mosque were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we remember seeing them at the mosque, but they weren't, they weren't too involved or anything. Kept their mouth shut for five days. That didn't matter to the FBI director, Robert Mueller. Outraged at the very idea of doing surveillance of a mosque. Y'all, that was, that was nine years ago. I mean, this whole thing of the FBI just recently have becoming compromised and it just being the top leadership and everybody in the local offices is just fine, pure as the driven snow. You can believe that if you want, but it's a free country, but it's not true. Anyway, the article says, where we left off, unfortunately, because the FBI no longer functions as a law enforcement agency, it took no effective steps to disrupt the terrorists. So the reaction to Trump's sharing such information with the Russians was simply absurd. The get Trump mania was in full bloom in those days. Little has changed since then. In fact, FBI's justification for the Mar-a-Lago raid simply recycled the same phony get Trump argument from 2017. But in 2017, there were still a few adults at the Washington Post who felt the need to educate the public. Another headline read, No, Trump did not break the law in talking classified details with the Russians, adding, The president is essentially the ultimate arbiter of what is classified and what is not. While the heads of particular agencies also have original classification authority, the power to deem material classified or not classified, their authority is limited to their departments and bound by their department's particular rules. Defense attorney Edward B. McMahon Jr. told the Washington Post, when it comes to classification issues and those kinds of things, he's not above the law. He basically is the law. In other words, Trump did not break the law by revealing classified information to the Russians because the president is the ultimate authority over what is classified. He can reveal or share anything with anyone regardless of his security classification. He doesn't need to follow any procedures or make the decision in writing. If the person with whom he shares the information is not clear to access that classified information, then the classification is automatically modified to permit such access. All that's needed is something that clearly demonstrates the president's intent to share or otherwise dispose of the classified information. Thus, the moment the president told the Russians about the terrorist plot, those Russians were legally allowed to possess the information. Now, suppose the FBI raided those same Russians to recover said classified information. While Joe Biden might have made a different choice than Trump, the fact is the Russians legally obtained the intelligence from a president. 
They broke no law in receiving it, and they break no law by continuing to possess it. So let's now turn to the FBI's Mar-a-Lago raid. According to the newly released and heavily redacted affidavit, the Justice Department justified using the extremely intrusive search to recover so-called classified information. The Justice Department told the warrant-issuing judge the government is conducting a criminal investigation concerning the improper removal and storage of classified information in unauthorized spaces as well as unlawful concealment or removal of government records. So how did Trump obtain these documents? Did he sneak back into the White House after Biden took the oath of office? Did disgruntled Biden employees smuggle the documents down to Mar-a-Lago? The affidavit indicates that boxes containing documents were transported from the White House to Mar-a-Lago. The affidavit fixes this date as January 18, 2021, when at least two moving trucks were observed at the premises, presumably delivering these so-called classified documents. There's just one giant problem for the FBI. Biden did not assume office until two days later. When those trucks arrived at Mar-a-Lago, Donald Trump was still president. The decision to repose classified documents in Mar-a-Lago was a presidential decision. Joe Biden might not have agreed with Trump's decision to keep these records after leaving office, but this situation is no different than Trump's decision to share intelligence with the Russians. He made an executive decision to repose classified documents in his personal residence. Like the Russians, Trump received the documents from a president himself. He did not break the law by receiving them. He does not break the law by continuing to possess them. As the Wall Street Journal has noted, the president's constitutional authority over classified documents trumps any statute purporting to make his continued possession of these documents illegal. All Trump needs to argue is that when he shipped the documents to Mar-a-Lago, he intended to modify the classifications so he could keep them after he left office. Does anyone think he shipped them to Mar-a-Lago without the intention of keeping them? No, of course not. The get-Trump figures have argued that Trump lacked the authority to convert these documents into his own property because they were the property of the U.S. government. But that is a matter of civil adjudication, not a crime. And it has nothing to do with Trump's power to modify the classified nature of these documents consistent with his post-presidency status. If Trump took the documents with the intent to keep them, it's absurd to argue that while still president, he did not intend to modify the classified nature of the documents consistent with that intent. Now the FBI and the Justice Department want to overrule that presidential decision to move the documents to Mar-a-Lago and criminalize their political opponent, the former president. By removing the documents from Mar-a-Lago without presidential approval, the FBI seized executive power away from the elected leadership of this country. The FBI would do well to remember that it has no constitutional authority except what it borrows from the elected president It must not be allowed to act as a super branch of government with the authority to nullify the decisions 
of an elected president made while he continued to hold office. That is the great Adam Mill. It is a pen name for a gentleman who is an adjunct fellow of the Center for American Greatness and works in Kansas City, Missouri as an attorney specializing in labor and employment and public administration law. Graduated from the University of Kansas, has been admitted to practice law in Kansas and Missouri, contributes to the Federalist, American Greatness, and the Daily Caller. Article entitled, One Giant Problem with the FBI's Mar-a-Lago Raid. I commend it to you. American Greatness is, uh, you know, amgreatness.com is a website filled with wonderful articles, as is the Daily Caller, as is the Federalist.com. And I commend them to you. That having been said, you've been listening to episode 228 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier the Tenth. And that's the way it is. Tuesday, August 30th, 2022.